This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, January 29th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. The Securities and Exchange Commission is being asked to get into the business of compelling companies to tell shareholders how engaged they are in political speech. Alan Dickerson, legal director at the Center for Competitive Politics, argues it's a solution in search of a problem. So the Securities and Exchange Commission, which regulates publicly traded companies, has been asked by a group of academic law professors to start a rulemaking process which would eventually lead to regulation, which would require those companies to disclose political contributions beyond what they already need to disclose. Companies have dealt with these kinds of issues internally for a long time, haven't they? Well, both internally and externally. Um, It's important to remember that there is a contribution disclosure regime that already exists, and there is no... there's no separate set of rules for corporations. If a corporation, uh, if corporations are cannot legally contribute to candidates, but if corporations were to earmark their funds for issue speech or contribute to political committees, um, that's already disclosed under existing law. Um, it is true that internally, corporations have had to make decisions on how they report these things to shareholders. What is it that these these professors want, in your view? It's tough to know. What they say they want is access to what they see as a particularly dangerous type of corporate spending. Now, they're not talking about contributions to candidates. They're talking about spending on public discourse, essentially. Well, yes and no. I mean, certainly no in the sense that it is illegal to contribute to candidates as a corporation, and that has not changed. Um, Yes, in the sense that, you know, corporations uh, do give money to groups that then in turn engage in politics. I think a lot of what's being talked about is, you know, we already exist in a world where any direct corporate political activity is reported. Uh, the question is, you know, what do we do about uh, corporations that may want to give to charities or to um, industry groups or things of that nature? So groups that that have organizations that are attached to them that engage in lobbying or political advocacy. Precisely. First off, it's interesting to see the SEC be asked to make a rule on such a political topic. Everyone who follows this understands that the First Amendment is implicated by these sort of disclosure regimes. Uh, whether they think that, you know, where they think the line is, and whether they agree or disagree is a separate question. But everyone agrees that these are issues that are inherently political, that inherently implicate freedom of speech and association. And you see the situation where people who object to corporate political activity have, you know, they've, they've gone to Congress and they failed to get legislation passed through the democratic process that would um, would change the disclosure regime in this country. They've gone to the, the Federal Election Commission, which is the body that has the expertise and the uh, experience lit- uh, legislating in this area, um, and they've, they've failed to accomplish what they want there. So you're seeing them sort of go down the food chain in a sense to less and less democratically accountable bodies. And you have uh, the FEC famously will deadlock three to three from time to time because the law requires that no more than that no majority of the commission can be from a single party, and the the intention there is clearly to prevent partisan grabs um, at the levers of electoral power. The SEC, of course, has an has an odd number of members, uh, an odd number of members rather, and the, the chairman or the chairwoman of the SEC. Uh, oftentimes acts as a as the deciding vote, controls personally so somewhat more of the apparatus bureaucratically than at the FEC, and and frankly doesn't have any experience with or any significant experience with First Amendment issues. 
so it's, in that sense, it's very troubling to see uh, the sort of anti-democratic nature of going to the SEC on a, on a question like this. Shareholders of corporations are routinely asked to vote on any number of things. And of course, those holding the largest numbers of shares are the most likely to take advantage of the opportunities presented to vote on various things. I actually think that's inaccurate. I think very often the the actual threshold for how many votes you need or how many shares you need to to force a vote at a corporation is actually surprisingly low. No, what I mean is uh, when I get uh, statements in the mail for corporations of which I own shares, uh, I don't typically own enough shares to care oh, that about is participating true. in in the vote itself. That's what I was getting at. But uh, as as you noted before, we started recording here that these things are dealt with at the corporate level with respect to uh, to the extent that there is going to be disclosure and um, ab- about corporate spending on what may or may be political activity, and for some reason. Shareholders don't seem to think that it affects their value. Well, I think there's two points. One is that there, there's an inherent danger here because people use the word disclosure as though it only applies in a political context. But of course, corporations have to disclose their activities generally to their shareholders. And there is a, a long set of rules and a very developed law on when a corporation must disclose what they call material information. Uh, and the failure to do so is it's illegal. It's securities fraud in many cases. So, so in one sense, I mean, I think one of the difficulties with this debate is why is it that we have all of these tools about when something is material to shareholders and when shareholders need to know about it, um, and we're willing to just toss it out the window um, for what I think most people would concede is going to be more emotional, more political sort of questions that probably have less to do with the underlying value of the company. Um, and second of all, yes, you're correct. There have been quite a number of votes on. Uh, either shareholder input into political decision-making or additional disclosure. And with very few exceptions, those have lost, often by very large margins. So these professors then are asking for something that shareholders themselves, when presented with an opportunity to engage in this type of uh, disclosure, have said it's, it doesn't really bother us that this particular kind of disclosure not occur. That's correct. And it's, it's actually interesting to see how they deal with that in their petition because they say, you know, the SEC needs to do this because there's all of this interest in this kind of disclosure. And their evidence is that people are bringing these, you know, uh, resolutions for up for votes and that they're losing by less than they did at one point. But the standard vote is still maybe 30, 40 percent. Uh, this is not a majority of shares kind of movement. There are as you say, reporting regimes already in place for contributions to candidates. Corporations can't give money to candidates. Corporations, just like unions, just like individuals, can give money to super PACs, which cannot coordinate with candidates. And there are contribution limits that then trigger disclosure uh, with respect to corporate contributions to the FEC. So beyond what these professors say they want, what is it that they would get if, uh, if this type of proposal went through? What we're really talking about in practice is when corporations uh, give money to either public education organizations or to industry organizations. Now, under existing law, if they give money to those groups and they intend for that money and they've communicated this to the recipient, they intend that money to be used for political speech, then that must be reported 
to the FEC as uh, an independent expenditure. Um, but when money is given to groups, which then uh, choose on their own without any coordination with the with the donor to engage in political speech, that money is not generally disclosed. And the reason for that is that usually we have had a distinction in this country between political committees, you know, the committees that in fact have as their bread and butter you know, express electoral advocacy, who to vote for and why, um, and organizations that talk about issues, that talk about the Keystone pipelines and the global warmings and the public school education of the world. And there's a, there's a very famous passage from Buckley versus Vallejo where the Supreme Court said in a, a per curiam decision that uh, it was just, you know, if this was not controversial in 1976, that when you talk about issues, you inevitably start bringing in political speech because you know, campaigns are run on issues, candidates are identified with issues, issues in turn influence how people vote in elections. But that's not enough to say that every time you talk about the Keystone Pipeline, you're engaging in the type of speech that the government may regulate. Um, and that that's sort of the world we're in now where if a, a corporation um, gives to the Sierra Club or the corporation gives to uh, you know, the National Association of Manufacturers or one of these other groups, those recipients are in the business of educating the public. And sometimes they will educate the public about you know, gun control or a, a major issue like that. And sometimes they'll educate the public about you know, particular uh, members of Congress. And the important thing to remember is that the donors to those organizations give up control of the money when they donate it. If they don't, that has to be reported under existing law. So what we're really talking about is you know, trying to figure out the flow of money to organizations which themselves engage in, in speech. Uh, and if, if you read some of the rhetoric that comes out of, of people who are in favor of this, it, it becomes difficult to, to draw the line between people who simply disagree with all corporate money, however attenuated, being involved in, in political discussions and people who honestly believe that there's a, there's a value proposition threat to corporations from this sort of activity. Before the 2012 election, the big complaint for a lot of the people who don't like for lack of a better term, freedom of speech within politics, was look at all this new money that's going to flow into these elections. And uh, in fact, a lot of new money did flow into elections uh, through super PACs, but a lot of that came at the expense of money that probably otherwise would have gone to candidates. Uh, that's what Ray LaRaja has found in a lot of his research. And so to the extent that there are big players like Sheldon Adelson who gives you know, millions, many, many millions of dollars, all of that is very well documented. It is. And uh, not only is it documented in the bowels of a federal bureaucracy, I mean, we're, we're sitting here talking about it because it's, it's popular news. Uh, the president of the United States has discussed this. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think that's part of it. And it's also, again, it's important to remember you know, how much disclosure there is and how much of this is not new. Um, individuals have been able to spend as much of their own money on political speech as they want for a very long time. This was not considered particularly controversial. Uh, but somehow when they, they decide to hire experts or you know, pool their money in some ways, which incidentally is a tool mostly useful for people who don't have billions of dollars, um, suddenly it's, it's, it's extremely controversial. Uh, and we, I think it's also, again, important to emphasize how much disclosure already exists. Any direct money going to a candidate can't be corporate and is tracked. Any money indirectly going to talk about um, you know, candidates, if it's intended for that purpose, is tracked. The, the, the numbers for this are $200. We're not talking you know, millions and millions of dollars of quote-unquote dark money swirling around there. When people talk about 
money that is not traceable. What they're really talking about is money that has been given to a third party where the donor gives up all control of it. And then the recipient, which may be an organization which a lot of people like, like the Sierra Clubs or the NRAs of the world, in turn choose how to educate the public with that money. Um, and that is an important element of freedom of speech in this country. We, in, we need to have organizations that have the resources and the flexibility and the expertise to engage in public discussions of issues and candidates. Alan Dickerson is legal director at the Center for Competitive Politics. You can read more about campaign finance and free speech at our website, cato.org.